Knack knack. Who's there? Uh, yeah, I'd rather not share that with you. Hey, no sweat. Come on in. Make yourself at home and take anything you want. Wait, you wouldn't let a stranger in your house. Why would you let anonymous traffic scrape your website? Introducing IP Info's Privacy Detection API, a fast and simple way to detect malicious traffic. Activate your free trial today at ipinfo.io and don't forget to use the promo code CODESTORY at checkout. Our MVP was a lot of us Dropbox MVP. Basically, we were delivering this impression of completely functional product, but there was nothing on the back end. And to validate the idea initially, we used Figma, you know, to animate the whole UI. Like we fake it, 100% fake it. And the biggest, you know, epiphany, moment of epiphany was when actually customers seeing the mock data, like mock UI, the customer initially confirmed like, how can I access it? Let's do it right now. My name is Yulet Kachora. I'm CEO and co-founder of Masshead Data. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lapart, and today, how Yulia Kachova built the world's best no-code solution to catch data issues in real time. All this and more on Code Story. Yulia Kachova grew up in the Ukraine but lives in Canada now. She has a family with two kids and a master's in statistics. And she acknowledges that the war with Russia has been difficult to deal with, thinking of her friends and family back home. On the lighter side, she notes that she loves Depeche Mode and Red Hot Chili Peppers. She recalls the 2010 concert in Kiev with Depeche Mode was a moment that she cherishes. As a data product manager, Yulia was called out, even during the early days of her job, that her customers were going to churn due to some erroneous data downstream. After fixing this problem, she saw the landscape of data quality issues that were likely to occur with her customers and wanted to do something about it. This is the creation story of Masthead Data. Masthead Data is a data reliability platform that catches anomalies in data teams warehouse before they cause harmful downstream effects. Today, organizations have myriad of data sources. Like every company tries to make decisions based on data, but data is not static. It is constantly changing and evolving along with organization growth, you know. So the reality is data breaks and that causes problems like data outage, times when data is unavailable, incorrect, and cannot be used. And because of that, employees and organization lose trust in data-driven culture. So basically, it's pretty, you know, severe issue. So MassHead catches data anomalies in real time and notifies data engineers or data analysts about it. MassHead lets the data engineers know what the issue is, where it have happened, and also provides data engineers with the column-level lineage that makes it easier to pinpoint what data consumers were affected with anomalies. 
And what is important about us, like what is our main differentiator, MassHead data doesn't need direct access to client's data, meaning we don't query client's data. It is 100% compliant with all data privacy acts because we operate on logs. So we, can, we are able to deliver value without direct access to, to data. So I have an idea about the startup and clear understanding of the problem before, like long before we started as a company. I started my career as a data product manager back in 2017. I was a product manager responsible for the products, you know, similar to Google Analytics. We were collecting data from clients' website and transfer this data to client Google BigQuery. On my second day at work, when, you know, you're still getting familiar with the place, where's the coffee machine, where's the washroom, so on and so forth, I was tagged an email chains, like 50 emails, saying, hey, Julia, your product doesn't perform well. If you do nothing, our second biggest client will churn. Do something now. Can you just imagine it? You know what I did? I, ch I turned, turned my chair into the open space and I was like, please tell me there is one more Yulia in here. And of course, of course there were no Yulia. So the data that we were, were delivering to the client sometimes was, you know, not that accurate. It was sometimes erroneous, sometimes, you know, we just missed some days, like different, you know, uh, I would say, common problems to data. But the worst part was that the client get to know about it from their dashboards. Basically, C-level stakeholders saw errors on their dashboard and they were escalating, cascading the problem to their data analysts who were just so much mad at us because we never notified them that there are some, some problems from our side. At that point, I also understood that we were delivering just a friction of data for those organizations. They have so much more data in their data warehouse. And I was 100% sure that they have the same problems with that data. Delays, mistakes, anomalies, so on and so forth. So I understood early that data quality is actually a big problem towards building the data culture. I started to chat with Sergey, my co-founder, and he shared this idea with Arash, our other co-founder. And he was like, why are we didn't doing it? Why won't we start doing it? It didn't happen like overnight, we started doing our startup. It just happened granularly, but we had this momentum, we had so much attention from other people when we were talking to them about the problem. So yeah, eventually it converted and started up. And the biggest confirmation we had when we got into the Alchemist Accelerator, where we, you know, kind of passed through the competition. So tell me about the MVP for Masthead Data, that first product you built. How long did it take you to build? And what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? Our MVP was a lot of a Dropbox MVP. In product management world, it's called Wizard, of course. So we just have the front end. Basically, we were delivering this impression of completely functional product, but there was nothing on the back end. 
And to validate the idea initially, we used Figma, you know, to animate the whole UI. Like we fake it, 100% fake it. And the biggest, you know, epiphany, moment of epiphany was when actually customers seeing the mock data confirmed that they would love to use it. Like mock, mock UI, the customer initially confirmed, like, how can I access it? Let's do it right now. And I was like, oh no, we gotta wait a little bit. There is, you know, some backend work has to be done. But by that time, we just have pure UI, that's it. When you're deciding to use a Dropbox backend, right, or Dropbox solution, right, with a Figma front end animating, you know, animating the experience, you got to make certain decisions and trade-offs around, you know, what you're going to show the end user and how you're going to go about that. Tell me about some of those decisions and trade-offs you had to make and how you coped with them. It was the easiest decision to validate you know, the whole idea and how the customers would convert. Because it took us relatively not long to to do that, you know, to build the flows, to animate the flows. But it, I guess it took us like months or something like that. And it, it was, you know, it, it was kind of smart decisions in terms of getting people's attention because we faked that the tool exists. The trade-off here was that once they converge, they would want tool super fast. Like, as I mentioned, in December, I had a client saying on the meeting, like, I want to install it now. <laughs> and I'm having just a pure UI. I was like, oh no, please hold on. There are lots of strategic and tech sacrifices we made. As you can guess from the tech standpoint, there is lots of tech debt. Yeah, as as early as any early stage startup, I would say we were also skipping some features like installation from the UI. We run the installation through the terminal. This is the sacrifices we make to build a solid backend right now. But I want to also highlight what sacrifices and shortcuts we didn't make. So just for you to understand, the data quality is not the most difficult task in data engineering. The other part of this, it takes lots of time and knowing your data, but you know, it's like a separate story. What we did, we didn't take a shortcut on building a um, product that is privacy first. So we don't require users to give access to their data. We analyze data using logs. It also means that we have to be really good in parsing logs and being able to unfold different SQL queries like case when and see what is happening next, you know? This is where we didn't do any shortcuts, basically, yeah. So you got your MVP, right? You've got your MVP and people are loving it. How did you progress and mature the product I think what I'm most interested in is how you built your roadmap and how you decided, okay, this is the next most important thing to build. A quick overview, we started from Figma wireframes and after the eight months of development, we are going to soon roll out SHAD data version, which can be deployed from the UI in five clicks. Talking about the roadmap was a product management question, and I love it. We're an early stage startup, obviously. And I cannot say that we have a product market fit and 
core customers who navigate us on, you know, what is next feature should be. So instead, what I did, I invited inspiring data professionals to form a customer advisory board and utilize the product. As the rules, those engineers are early adopters and, you know, they give a great feedback, share their expertise. And this is what, you know, help us to prioritize our backlog. This is how we do it. Okay, then let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team? And, and what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? Our team is most valuable asset. And our team is something I'm very proud of. So first of all, my two co-founders, uh, Sergey and Arash, are veterans of software development, and both of them have data engineering background. When it comes to you know our first hires, um, we obviously go to our own network. So the people who work with us, yeah, we have a couple of employees right now, and we knew them for a while. We've been working with those people. And those are kind of professionals. The pattern of those professionals, what I mentioned, they have this extraordinary leadership and ownership skills. They know how to make things done. What also I mentioned is that they deliver value from the day one. This is so much critical for a startup. And we didn't do that intentionally. It just something was, you know, based on our values when we were chatting with people and inviting to join the startup. And this is what I saw retrospectively, that all of people who are on our team have those skills. So let's flip to scalability then. So was this built to scale efficiently from day one? Or have you been fighting this as you grow and gain traction? So we sit on Google Cloud infrastructure and we rely a lot, you know, on, on, on their uh, infrastructure. And what we do, we just grow our instances automatically. The scale point for us, it's, it depends on how much data our client receives. So basically we need to scale each account so basically, it's all set up from the beginning because we cannot allow ourselves to fail and stop collecting data. So does your largest customer determine how much you have to scale or or is it is it purely on your side? Give me a little more info there. It's pure on our side. Pure on our side because we just get the metadata from client and the metadata being processed on our side. Basically, in terms of how much metadata we receive, we need to scale. So there is no control of the client you know, from the client side on that. Well, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? In terms of startup, I'm super proud of the product and the team we managed to build so far you know, actively building the startup like a year. We're already doing great. We have full-time employees who I really admire. I have a nice parallel here for being proud for MassHead as a product. Once the MassHead data caught the error 
in ad spend for our client. It timely alerted the data analyst and the data analyst was able to correct the mistake that influenced marketing spend's dashboard. So MES had effectively prevented costly business decision. So when I get to know about this, I felt literally as proud as seeing my three-year-old daughter riding the bike without training wheels. Well, let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. The biggest one is being a first-time founder. Like, don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with being first-time founder, but let me explain myself here. I just didn't know a lot of things from the beginning, you know, and I was so much hesitate. So, like, I don't know a lot of things. I still don't know a lot of things, but I have more structural, uh, more structural understanding on how to kick off a new venture. When I started, I should have get the feedback faster. This is where, you know, the biggest mistake of mine happened. We should have, you know, iterate faster, get the feedback faster and turned the development faster and not stick to the um, Figma or, you know, front-end UI um, mock-ups. We should have built, we should have started building the back-end earlier. So what does the future look like for Masthead Data, the product, and for your team? There are two trends that influence Masthead Data future. First one is that machine learning and artificial intelligence technologies became more accessible. More and more companies worldwide invest in it. And the problem here that those investments could be wasted if the companies do not have an accurate data in first place. Like, your investment in machine learning and artificial intelligence could be nothing if you don't have correct data. And the second trend is data privacy. It is getting momentum. Today, having a third-party tool that query your data is an issue already for a lot of companies. And I believe that Mesha Data, we're building a solution that can effectively respond to those major trends and, you know, and satisfy the growing demand. Well, let's switch to you, Yulia. Who influences the way that you work? Name someone or, or multiple people that you look up to and why. You know, I'm type of the person that my pre- people who I know personally, first of all, so... My two co-founders, Sengi Arash, are so resourceful. You know, when something looks to me like a disaster, they would say, listen, this is a tech problem and we can solve any tech problem. You don't care about that. We will take over this. And this is, you know, this leadership and ownership skill. You know, I really admire them for this. And also, there is uh, my advisor, like our strategic advisor, uh, Vlad, I have so much admiration for him. He is like a founder of Unicorn, YC alumni, and I'm absolutely amazed how he helped me to structure the challenges that I have on CEO joinery, you know. He kind of guided me both, you know, strategically and emotionally. 
and also my other two advisors, Stefan and Derek, they are s- such a smart people. I have so much admiration for them as well. And you know, I'm fascinated by all people who work with us because it's hard starting something from from just an idea and building it and and you know, make it tangible. It's um, I have a lot of admiration for them as well. Well, we talked about a mistake earlier, but a little bit different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? I guess the only thing that I regret is not acting fast enough at the beginning. You have to to accept being ambitious as well. Losing time is the worst mistake you can make in startup because any tech mistake can be fixed, but you cannot fix the lost time for hesitations. And this is what I would kind of look back and reflect. So fail fast. Well, Yulia, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? I have, you know, like three advices. So again, fail fast. Like treat your startup idea as a hypothesis, which you do not need necessarily to confirm. This is really important. Second one, I guess, talk and listen to your customers. Not just talking, but listening, active listening. And it's gold. And third, like there are going to be people who will tell you that you're building kind of a crap. You know, you have to find your own balance, what to listen, what to accept. But it takes time as well. So learn to be resourceful and resistant. That's fantastic advice. Well, Yulia, thank you for being on the show today. And thank you for telling the creation story of Masthead Data. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you today, Noah. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. Support the show on patreon.com slash codestory for just five to ten bucks a month. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big-